Hello everybody, and welcome to 38 Weeks to Go, your weekly podcast about fantasy football. I am your host Nash, and this is a preview show. Game Week 21 is upon us. How is everybody feeling? Now that Haaland, Son, Salah are gone, who is your captain choice? I believe that this period of time is going to be quite defining for many of us. Captain choices are going to be so important, especially since it'll be hard to have a consensus. It'll be fun. There'll be very many differentials this time around. So, Game Week 21, let's go. I must start off by saying that there's an early kickoff and it's on Friday. So, make your teams. So, Friday night, we'll see Burnley face off against Luton. Burnley have a good record against the championship sides that were promoted. They are therefore going to be favourites in this encounter. They won't have anybody missing, so it won't be a factor for them. For Luton, they'll have Kabore missing, but their wing-backs haven't been a problem of late, so they should be fine as well. Burnley have won their last three encounters against Luton. However, Luton's form of late has been really good, so they could pause a challenge. When it comes to looking at Burnley assets, you really have Amduni, Forster scored last time, so maybe it's time to reconsider him, Odobert, and maybe Rodriguez if he plays. Luton lost last time to Chelsea, but they they tried. Berkeley, Adebayo, Doughty, Mengi, and maybe Brown. As you all know, these two teams are at the bottom of the table, and this win is very important for both sides. I would say it's more important for Burnley than it is for Luton. Luton cannot afford to lose because they're trying to get out of the zone and this loss would be very hurtful to them. Burnley have had some tough losses of late as well, but they've been playing better. So it will be good for them to play competition that is at their level. Not only that, Burnley's next five fixtures are Luton, Man City, Fulham, Liverpool and Arsenal. So, this game and the Fulham game are their best chances to get anything on the table over the next few weeks. Luton, on the other hand, have an easier run of fixtures. They have Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, Sheffield, and Manu. They're not easy, but they're easier than Burnley's games. On Saturday, we have Chelsea versus Fulham. Fulham are in good form. They will definitely pose a challenge to Chelsea. They will be able to threaten the goal and Raul Jimenez will not sleep if you give him any chances. Chelsea lost in the cup to Middlesbrough. And let me tell you, Cole Palmer missed like three or four chances. So that probably means he's due. Chelsea is so unpredictable this season that a loss to Middlesbrough isn't that surprising and isn't that heartbreaking. Expectations are at the bottom, literally on the ground. Chelsea will have Nicholas Jackson at Africa Cup of Nations, so this is good for them because they are not forced to have to choose him. Fulham, on the other hand, have lost Iwobi and Calvin Bassi and Fodebalo Torre. This will be very interesting because it means Fulham have lost a solid defender and a solid midfielder, two players who are driving them forward. This means that Chelsea, if they can get organised enough, there's something there for them and they can take this game. It will be interesting to see how Fulham adjust 
to the absences of these players and what they do to cope. This particular game week will be very good for assessing teams in their new forms without key players. For Chelsea, Palmer is the best bet. He's the most solid player in that team. After that, it's really up to you. I, I really can't recommend a second player right now. From Fulham, you have Raul Jimenez, you have Pereira, Dicodova Reed, William. Those are the best chances for goals. The disadvantage with Chelsea is that they have so many players that you don't even know who's going to play. And therefore, it's hard to determine who will play. And Pochettino is rotating these people almost based on the time of the day. It, there doesn't seem to be a clear pattern yet. And he just seems to be discovering who these players are. Of course, injuries haven't helped. And a lot of these players are coming back, so he wants to see who they are. So you're better off trying these new guys. Nkunku, Madweke, Badiashile, you know? But actually, maybe Broja would be a good differential bet because he would be not popular with people. And the odds are that he will start considering we don't have a striker. Chelsea's next fixtures are not quite easy. I say that, but <laughs> they're playing Middlesbrough in the cup after Fulham. It's not easy because they lost, so they could lose again. Then they have Aston Villa in the FA Cup. And then Liverpool. And then Wolves. Crystal Palace. And then Chelsea. I mean, and then City. So that's going to be quite a challenging set of fixtures coming up. So I wouldn't be too keen to invest in Chelsea players. Fulham have a slightly better run. They have Chelsea, Liverpool, Newcastle, Everton, Burnley. So yeah, Fulham isn't also a team I would be recommending people to run into. Newcastle versus Manchester City. This is going to be quite interesting. They have no players gone for either Africa or Asia Cup. Huh. Man City are the favourite team right now. They're mostly favoured against everybody. Their recent history against everybody is great. Newcastle recently knocked them out of the EFL Cup, the Carabao. And they previously won 1-0, 2-0, and they drew 3-3. So you could say that Newcastle are closing the gap. However, their most recent form is atrocious. So I wouldn't be betting on Newcastle to upset the boat in any way. However, Haaland is missing and that could be a factor. Although in their last few games, Haaland only scored in the 3-3 game. So maybe not so much of a factor. When looking for Son and Salah replacements, Foden could be a good one to look into. Silva as well. Doku is back from injury, so that could be an interesting option as well. I'll remain with my Alvarez and I'm not going to buy quite into the Manchester midfield just yet. De Bruyne is back as well. So it's going to be quite interesting. Manchester City are reaching that position where you can't quite tell who's going to start. So it's going to be an interesting merry-go-round. It's like a reverse Chelsea, except you know that the players are actually good. Is it Alvarez? Is it De Bruyne? Is it um, Silva, Foden, Doku, Grealish? Goodness, too many options. For Newcastle, I guess you'd really say Isak, Almiron, Wilson. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on any defenders. And so Trippier will be on my bench at the very bottom. After Man City, 
They have Fulham, Aston Villa, Luton, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth and Arsenal. So it's going to be a tricky run of fixtures for Newcastle. They're winnable but they're also losable. They could really go either way. For Man City, they have Newcastle, Tottenham, Burnley, Brentford, Everton. That should be a nice run of games for them. Haaland is still out and they say he may be back not this game week but the one after it. Everton versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa have been sneaky successful. And by that I mean they have gotten the results but they haven't been convincing. It's kind of like that whole lack of champions thing where they're unconvincing but they still get the result. If that is to go on, they should be able to beat Everton away from home. Aston Villa will be missing Bertrand Traore, while Everton will be missing Idris Ganagaye. Gaye is quite impactful in the midfield, so it'll be interesting to see how they play without him. But also Gomez is back, so that might be a good thing. In their last five encounters, Aston Villa have beaten Everton comfortably, and Given their recent form, the season, I would say they're overall favourites for this game. Watkins, Diaby, Douglas Luiz, Bailey, McGinn, Aston Villa have so many options to hurt you with. So just pick your poison or just choose the one that's working for you or just choose Oli Watkins. Everton will have Ducure still injured, Dominic Calvert-Lewin away, so... The odds will be stacked against them and they may find it hard to go forward. I will definitely be reconsidering whether I want Mikolenko to play. Of course, if Everton are to perform, you will have Harrison, Dwight McNeil, maybe Beto if you're a gambler, and Mikolenko. That's really it. Everton have a tricky run of fixtures as well. They will have Fulham, Tottenham, City, Crystal Palace, and then Brighton. Everton have surprised us this season, so it wouldn't be surprising if they got some results in these fixtures coming up. Villa, on the other hand, after Everton, have Newcastle, Sheffield, Manchester United, Fulham, and Nottingham Forest. These are not bad fixtures, and they are winnable for Villa. Man United versus Tottenham. The first thing to report is that Onana is apparently staying for this game. I don't know if that will make much of a difference, but I guess we'll see. Amrabat and Diallo will be gone for Manu. For Spurs, Bisuma, Sar, and Son will be gone. So it's clear that there will be a hole in the midfield. And let's see what they do. I mean, Spurs have been playing with four centre-backs. They could probably play three strikers in the midfield. <laughs> Both teams have injuries and absences. For Manu... Martial is a doubt, Casemiro is out, Maguire is out, Martinez is out, Shaw is out, Mount is out, Malasia, Lindelof are out. For Spurs, Romero is out, Perisic is still out, Madison, Solomon are out, along with those who went for international duty. However, coming in is Timo Werner for Tottenham, and that would be an interesting gamble. He is here on loan with a 17 million option to buy. Tottenham also signed somebody else from Genoa, a defender by the name of Radu Dragusin. So at least there will be a defender who's actually a defender at some point. 
In their last five Premier League games, Tottenham have won two and Manchester United have won three. With the complications that the African and Asian Cup will have on these teams, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Garnacho has been good for Manu of late. So has Rashford. Maybe Fernandes will do something. Maybe Hoyland will do something. Manchester United have been very poor in an attacking sense, so it'll be hard to see where the goals come from, if not those players I've just mentioned. For Spurs, maybe Werner, Kululewski, Richarlison, Pedro Poro, Udoji, and you can't forget Los Celso. Of course, Johnson is also good, but I think you'd be better off with other players before him. Depending on what you see in this game, you might want to invest in Tottenham players. They have, okay, they have Manchester United, then Manchester City, but then after that, they have Brentford, Everton, Brighton, Wolves, and Chelsea. Man United will have Spurs, Wolves, West Ham, Aston Villa, Luton. So it's a bit trickier, and mainly trickier because it's hard to know where the goals will come from from this squad. It is at this point where I must disclose that this game week will be interrupted by FA Cup after the Man United game on the 14th of January. The game week still continues on the 20th of January, which is the Saturday, the following weekend. So it will be a bit of a long game week. And when it does resume on the 20th, it will start with Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. For Crystal Palace, Ayu will be gone. And for Arsenal, Tomiyasu and Elneny will be gone. The wing-back position for Arsenal will be very interesting because Zinchenko has been not solid and he's also doubtful. Vieira, Jesus, Timber, Party are unavailable. However, because they'll be playing literally 10 days away, it may give some of these players a chance to recover. And what may be doubtful now may be past fit then. So keep that in mind as you select these players. For Crystal Palace, Olise had picked up a knock. It's 10 days away. He'll probably be back. So you have the dynamic duo, Eze and Mr. Olise. You have Odson Edward and Mateta. I have no faith in their defense anymore. And I have no faith in the defenders for Arsenal anymore as well. Saka may be a good replacement. If you're replacing Salah or Son, he's pricey which means he could be a great placeholder. However, if you already have Saka, maybe you could look into Odegaard, but Arsenal have not been so great of late, so it's hard to choose. But really, it's Odegaard, Saka, to a less extent, Martinelli, and an even less extent, Nketiah. Maybe Havertz is a real differential now. Arsenal have been shaky of late, and so I wouldn't encourage you to have a defender. They've kept one clean sheet in the last seven games. And they've won one in their last six games in the Premier League. Sorry, two in the last six. After Crystal Palace, they have Nottingham Forest, who are a tricky team. Then they have Liverpool, then West Ham, and then Burnley. These will be tricky fixtures for them. And we shall see how they handle this period, if they will mount a challenge. After Arsenal, Crystal Palace have Sheffield, Brighton, Chelsea, Everton, Burnley. Those are all winnable games for Crystal Palace. This could be a good time to invest in Olise or Eze if you want a differential. Brentford versus Nottingham Forest. 
Even Tony will be back. Tingham Forest are in great form right now. Manager bounce is in full effect. However, both teams will be missing substantial amount of players. Brentford will be missing four players. Wisa, Kim, Godos, and Onyeka. Nottingham Forest will be missing Orie, Boli, Sangare, Kuyate, Nyakate, and Aina. Nottingham Forest will lose a lot of their defensive players. However, they do have a deep squad, so it will be interesting to see what Nuno Espirito Santo does. Brentford seem to be just losing players all around. <laughs> On top of that, Awoni is injured, so it will be tough for, for Nottingham Forest. But they have been impressive of late. Mbomo is still out, Sada is still out, Ayer is still out, Henry is still out, Me is suspended. And these are the people who are just in the team. They're not even going for Africa or Asia Cup. These are just injuries. And then they're losing all those players. Brentford are really depleted. I would honestly be looking towards Nottingham for us to take this game. Morgan Gibbs-White is still there. Wood, Elanga, Montiel, the goal scorer Dominguez from last game. They will have options. Brentford will be hoping for magic from Lewis Potter, Janelt, Jensen. They will be depleted. It will be interesting to see what they do. And they're not too far above the relegation places, so they need to pick up their form. Brentford have Spurs after this, then City, and then Wolves, and then Liverpool, and then West Ham, and then Chelsea, and then Arsenal. Goodness, they are in for a heck of a difficult run. At the end of it, they may find themselves in the relegation places if Luton do something with their good run of fixtures. After Brentford, Nottingham first have Arsenal, Bournemouth, Newcastle, West Ham, Aston Villa. It's weird to say this, but... I think these are all winnable games for Nottingham Forest. Sheffield United versus West Ham. Sheffield are playing better than they did previously, but they still suck. West Ham are the stronger team and will be favourites for this game. Sheffield will be missing Slimane and Larucci. I don't think I've heard of those two players play. Well, Larucci at least. For West Ham, Kudus and Aguard will be missing. So, those are very two important players in the defense and in attack. And Paquette is also injured. However, some time will have passed before these games come, so he may have recovered by then. As always, if Sheffield are to get anything from this game, it will come from Archer, McBurney, Makati. That's about it. West Ham have been impressive of late. We all know Ariola has been amazing. And... This is a kind of game where they could keep a clean sheet, another one, and it would make it four in a row for Ariola. I'm almost tempted to bring him in. Suchek, Mavrapanos, Bowen, Wad Prowse, maybe Paqueta if he's back. Those would be the best options. West Ham have tricky fixtures after this. They have Bonnas, Manu, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, and then the soft landing of Brentford Everton. So it may be prudent to be careful with who you're choosing from West Ham. I would go over the Sheffield fixtures, but it doesn't matter. All their games are difficult. Bournemouth versus Liverpool. This will be an interesting game. So Lanky all the way. Liverpool will be missing Wataru Endo and Salah. Two big misses. Well, one much bigger than the other. 
Bournemouth will only be missing Watara. Bournemouth have been the form team of the last month. They have been a great team and they have been dangerous and threatening. Semenyo and Senesi had suspensions. It's not clear if they will be back, but if they are, they will be people who will cause trouble for Liverpool. For Liverpool, they're having defensive issues. Robertson is injured. Matip is injured. Simikas is injured. Trent is injured. So this may be the kind of thing where if you want a cheap entry into Liverpool, it may be Joe Gomez that you look into. Without Trent, it'll be hard for them to be as dynamic as they have been recently. Without Salah, wow. You'll really be depending on Nunez, Gakpo, Jota and Diaz for everything. It's not bad, but it's not great either. But they can get the job done. It'll be really interesting to see what they do in defense. Thankfully, Alisson is not injured. Curtis Jones has been good of late and he might be a sneaky differential, especially since Opusla is injured. For Bournemouth, Solanke, Tavernier, Scott, Semenu, Kluivert. And Sinistera, he tends to pop out with something. Liverpool will be the more interesting team to watch because it'll be interesting to see how they adjust to the new realities of so many vital players missing. It will definitely impact how they're viewed going forward, especially as they try to mount a title challenge. So this is a great opportunity for Bournemouth to strike at them while they're vulnerable. Bournemouth have West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, Newcastle, and then Man City. To be honest, initially I would have told you these are all losable games, but Bournemouth are in form and I feel like they can surprise absolutely anybody. So I wouldn't quite get off them. Liverpool after Bournemouth have Chelsea, Arsenal, Burnley, Brentford, Luton. So it'll start a bit tough and then decrease in difficulty, which is nice. They can hang in there until Salah comes back. And the last fixture of the round will be Brighton versus Wolves. God knows Brighton needed a break. They just needed to rest and get their players back. Having said that, they're going to be without Adingra, Lamptey and Mitoma. Wolves will be losing the Korean guy, Bubaka Traore, Hubna and the left-back Aitnuri. It goes without saying that their Asian players are their most influential players, so they will be big misses, especially for Wolves. Without Neto and now the Korean guy, it may be a step too far. But then again, let's wait and see. Gary O'Neill has surprised us many times and he will continue to do so. Brighton have hammered Wolves of late and they will be the favourites for this game. Even with their injuries, I think just being able to take some time to regroup will be helpful for them. João Pedro has been really good this season for them and he will be the person I recommend first. After him, you have maybe Ferguson, you have Gross of course, Estupinian seems to have come back with some fire, with returns in both games since he came back. Hinshawood might be a differential. For Wolves, everything's really going to be falling on Cunha now, and maybe Sarabia. It will be interesting to see how they cope with the new expectations of them. I don't know how I forgot this, but Neto is back. He came back and he had an assist in the last game. So it's like a wrestling match. One player's tagged out, and he's been tagged in. So I think Wolves will be much more difficult to deal with than I initially said. 
And by the last game, I mean in the FA Cup. He came back in the FA Cup. Wolves have Brighton, Manchester United, Chelsea, Brentford, and Spurs. Those are all games that they could cause trouble in. I wouldn't run to those fixtures, but they aren't bad. Brighton, on the other hand, have Crystal Palace, Luton, Spurs, Sheffield, Everton. Those are very winnable games. I would be looking to move back into Brighton just after I see who's available and how they play. And yeah, that's our game week. It will spread over two weeks and that means it will create a ton of anxiety as we wait for the second week to see if we can improve. So use this day wisely as you make your teams. If you want some inspiration, you can listen to the most recent interview with Moses Chege, manager of Team Kubo. There might be something in there for you. He claims to have a blueprint, so check him out. Apart from that, I hope the new year has started well and that you're getting over the January blues. Until we meet again, let's take it one week at a time. Bye-bye.